Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My name is Bob Shoy. And I'm Emma Apps. And you're listening to The Simpsons, four and one more. And uh, today we're doing the other guest stars episode. Yeah, this one, this is the one I've been looking forward to doing for a while because I've had my list since we did the other show. So I've been looking forward to this. This one, I feel like I'm going to have more to say. So hopefully I won't waffle on too much. This is uh, this is more like guest characters, isn't it? This is uh, guest stars playing a character on the show. And there was actually so much more of this than I even thought off the top of my head when I looked through the list today, because I only did my list today. In fact, I haven't actually finished my list that's in front of me. <laughs> He's going to wing it. <laughs> uh, I found it easy to get, like, my first short list was, like, a page long. It's that long. Oh, wow. It's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And then my second shortlist is 10 people. And then to get it down from that 10, I found it incredibly hard. So I feel like I'm just going to pick from that list of 10 as as it suits me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. See, with my list, as I said, like... As you, as you said just a second ago, there is a lot more to choose from than there was in the previous celebrity episodes, like celebrities as mm. themselves. And I think we kind of touched upon this um, in the last celebrity episode, whereas um, it's it's more tend to be the later seasons that have these big guest stars as mm. themselves. Whereas it's um, with this one, it's sort of throughout, if that makes sense. It is. I was actually, in my head, it was like, oh, early on they had guest stars playing characters and then later on they yeah. had them playing themselves. But there was a lot more... I was surprised, like, looking at even the end Series 9, Series 10, like, oh, there's still a lot of guest stars coming on and playing characters. Like, in those series, you've still got people like Jeff Goldblum yeah, coming exactly. in and voicing a character and Willem Dafoe coming in and voicing a character and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like, oh... Like big names who aren't even, who aren't playing themselves. I'm not going to spoil it. I mean, this might be a oh. little bit of a spoiler, but I'm not even exaggerating when I say three out of my five are mm. all in one season. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I didn't even realise until I was sort of going through and doing like the finer details of my notes. 
Mm. Um, and then I was writing down what season, what episode and stuff, just so, sort of for myself. And then I literally wrote the same season three times and I was like, oh, that that's interesting. Um, mm. But we'll get into that a little bit later. I guess we will. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's your turn to go first this time. It is. And I've got here, I've pretty much got my top three okay. locked in, I think. Yeah. Um, but my number four is I'm just going to pick one, I think, because <laughs> there's a lot of people it could be between. Okay. Um, so let's go with, i tell you what, I'm going to go with one just because it's an episode that everyone knows I love. It's one of my favourite episodes of all time. And the, this guest star is a big part of that. So let's do number four, Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy Simmons in The Last oh. Temptation of Homer. So guess what? What? This is my one more Oh, yeah. well, you can change your one more if you want on the fly. I've done okay, that before. Well, so, so I'm going to just say it now. Like At the moment, as my list stands, she is my one more. But there is right. one other person who um, that I've sort of... It was between her and one other person, one other character. So what we'll right. do is we'll talk about Mindy now as your number four, and then I'll use my other example... My, I'll be honest, yeah? when when I do my one more, this is why, I, you know, I always say I've got like three or four that yeah. it could be, in case you snake one of them for <laughs> one of your actual choices, so yeah. I've still got like a one more on so, my sleeve. Yeah, so she, as we stand at the moment, is my one more, but I'm going to now use could my change. other one. Yeah, I'm going to use my other one, mm. I think, just so that we can cover all bases, but I yeah. absolutely love the character of Mindy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it's your choice. Um, I, so... love, I love that episode and the character of Mindy's a big part of why I like that episode. Yeah. She's very sexy as well, isn't she? I think that's like the I, appeal. I feel like like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is an actress who I don't dislike, but isn't like my favourite. She's just like an actress who I, I like quite a bit. Yeah. She's uh, very attractive. But this role like she nails so well like it's she does she brings such fun to it yeah definitely to get this like female homer <laughs> but it's like female sexy homer yeah exactly it's like <laughs> if homer was a sexy bloke it would be like the female equivalent <laughs> but it's so weird exactly. like she delivers the lines and the jokes and the timings like she absolutely nails everyone mm. and sometimes it's like she gets that balance just right of like, is she intentionally doing this stuff or is she accidentally doing some stuff? Yeah. Like when she's, then they're accidentally coming onto each other. It's like, yeah, I, it's just a really fun performance. And I felt like it almost didn't make my list, but like I've, I talk about this episode all the time. It's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Especially in terms of just like, I talk about episodes that are just like gag heavy. And this is really gag heavy, but it's also one that's got a good storyline. It's one of those like really well balanced ones. Yeah, I know we've spoken about it before, but I can't help but make comparisons between her and Lurleen Lumpkin. Yeah, um, very much so. But I've I think I've said it before, but I'll say it again anyway. The thing that I like about Mindy, and I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer is a big part of the reason why, is um, sort of at the end, she's not like forcing herself on Homer. She's like, well, you don't have to, like exactly yeah. how she how she delivers that as well. And you, you feel like the way that she says it, you can kind of believe that, you know, I'm a young, free, single woman. I can do whatever the hell I want you're the one in the marriage, so you're the one that will be in the wrong. So, you know, yeah. you know how I stand on that situation. So 
I'm not going to be the one who no. makes this happen because I'm not court. the one with something to lose. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just the way that she delivers those lines when they're sort of sitting in the dark, like on mm. the bed, sort of talking to each other, like the way that she delivers those. I mean, it. I can. I just oh, I don't know how to put it. She's putting so much of herself, I feel like, into mm. the character and like the way that she delivers it, it, it makes the character so much more likeable. Well, I guess you'll want to come in. Okay. Okay. This was a really nice night, Homer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, yeah, like you don't know. We're going to have sex. Oh, well... We don't have to. Yes, we do. The cookie told me so. Well, desserts aren't always right. But they're so sweet. Homer, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. (laughs) Well, maybe I want to. But then I think about Marge and the kids. Well, not the boy. He drives me nuts. Sometimes I just like to... Homer... You know how I feel, so it's up to you. Look in your heart. I think you'll see what you want. It's it's like a very jokey, silly episode, but when it has to have a good performance put in, (laughs) she's not like shying away from that yeah. she's being an actress I love the way that she goes um, one of my favourite <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer like the way that she delivers it is the um, double glove <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's have a conversation uh, I think we'll find we have very little in common cat talk eating <gasps> hey my favourite raspberry swirl with a double glaze double glaze <laughs> Okay, so we have one thing in common. But you know what I hate? Drinking beer and watching TV. Not me. That's my idea of heaven. Me too. Really? I can see I'm going to love working with you. Well, got to go. I want to sneak in a quick nap before lunch. (laughs) Foul temptress. I'll bet she thinks Ziggy's gotten too preachy too. (laughs) I like a free shower curtain. (laughs) You just hear it in the background. (laughs) I love that because I could like just hear it in her voice. Free shower curtain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's really good. Free shower curtain. Free shower curtain. Oh, I love her. Yeah, so as I said, she made my list because I absolutely love her delivery and the way that she makes the character her own because Mm. to be honest with you like don't get me wrong like i know michelle pfeiffer everyone knows michelle pfeiffer and stuff like that but it was quite it took me quite a while to work out who the voice was i think Mm. it's not obvious i mean she has got a really sort of obvious voice but she it's not michelle pfeiffer playing michelle pfeiffer if that makes sense which i really like Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's actually what I like about a lot of the... When they get an actor to play a guest character, they are not doing the, like, hey, it's me playing myself. They're doing... Well, a lot of the ones that I've got on my shortlist mm. is, like, they're very much playing that character most of the time. Sometimes they're basically playing themselves and it's for comedic effect. Yeah. And it's just a character with a different name. But a lot of the time they've got 
they're really acting. Yeah. Which is fun. They're not just on there playing themselves. Homer, I got a really wicked idea that could get us into a lot of trouble. Oh, Mindy, we have to fight our temptation. No, Homer. Let's do it. Let's call room service! So, yeah, so that's my number four. I just, like I said, I wanted to put it in there at the last minute just because it's one of my favourite episodes and uh, that's a big big part of the reason yeah, why. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's, it's really high up on my list of favourite episodes too and I think I agree with you in um, that it is because of Mindy that I love the episode so much. Mm. Definitely. So, what's your number four? Okay, so this might come as a bit of a shock to you, but... I'm it's, ready. it's very obvious. It's very obvious. But I think... So my number four choice is David Hyde Pierce as Cecil. This was on my shortlist, but yeah. I was like, Emma's, Emma's definitely going to have this. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's... Uh, obviously, it's not low down, but the reason why he's um, number four in, and not higher up on my list is just purely because... Um, I mean, I absolutely love Frasier, absolutely love David Hyde Pierce. And it's quite funny because Bob and I was actually talking about this on Twitter like an hour ago between each other, which is really, really strange. But um, the reason why he's only number four and he's not higher up is just purely for the fact that as much as it is a Frasier parody, it's not one of my favourite stronger episodes, especially in this season. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It is just David Hyde Pierce playing Niles Crane. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's not, for me, it's just like they've done it for the sake of doing it, if that makes sense. The, it's like the opposite of what I said for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. It's like when I said like they're on there to play a character, he's on there to play Niles, yeah. Niles, which is a character yeah. from something else. Exactly. But they're just using a different name. It's kind of like, I always feel like, I love the episode just purely because it is a Frasier parody and I love Frasier so much. And being a massive Frasier fan, I get all of the little jokes that it might go over some people's head who aren't as familiar with Frasier. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is more of a filler episode, I feel like, of that season. Um, Just purely for the fact that it is just a pure fact. Um, It is just purely a... um, Sorry, my words are like going over my head it is we all just forgive you because you're your newly born mother <laughs> you have I mother like, brain i think they call it literally yeah it, it's the truth <laughs> like baby brain is a thing like i can't even get my words i can't even string a sentence um it is purely just a parody of fraser and it's not mm. he doesn't bring much more to the character and and it doesn't give a different dimension like michelle pfeiffer mm-hmm. does as Mindy, so you are totally right in what you're saying. It is just purely David Hyde Pierce playing Niles, but I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. I think Niles Crane might be one of my absolute favourite characters out of anything. Just, just one of the best fictional characters ever. ever. For you. Yeah, he's up there definitely. He's definitely in like a top five for me of like characters of all time. Mm. <laughs> To the f- point where Ben and I were actually talking about getting a dog the other day, like not anytime <laughs> soon because we've obviously just had a baby, but like in yeah, the, the, in the, in the future, if we ever got a dog, I really want want to get a basset hound called Niles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben was like, it's because of Niles Crane, isn't it? I was like, yes, but Niles is actually a brilliant name as well. 
So, yeah, so David Hyde Pierce's Cecil is, uh, yeah, my number four. One of my favourite Cecil lines, actually, is, and uh, this is an example of um, it might go over some people's head as a joke if you're not familiar with uh, Frasier, but there's a bit in it where... um, Cecil's just about to blow up the dam and Bart jumps on his back and he goes, Maris? Which is it's yeah, just like yeah. the tiniest little joke that you might not ever get, but I just love it and it just makes me laugh so much every time. Plunger? Check. Hard hat? Check. $15 million and a gun? Check. Mate. Goodbye, Bob! No! Guess who? Maris? I love the bit in that episode where it basically does just turn into an episode of Frasier, like just after Bob gets out of prison. (laughs) And they're talking about uh, Chateau Le Foot or something, can't they? Like the wine. (laughs) And it is just like like a clip of Frasier, yeah. I haven't rewatched that series yet um, on our rewatch. No, I haven't either. But I'll be interested to see where the episode lands because in my head, it's one of ones I like a lot from that series. Yeah. Um, so I'll be interesting because when you said, "Oh, it's not one of your favorites from that series," even though it's like Sideshow Bob, whatever, I was yeah. thinking it is one of mine. So that might be the one time where like the Sideshow Bob episodes in my court instead of yeah, yours. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. We'll see. I can't remember what ones are in that series. Spoiler alert as well. This is um, so the episode is episode sixteen of season eight, and as I said, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. This is uh, season eight is where three of my choices. Oh, wow come into this so season eight is going to be a big one i think so wow that's interesting because i haven't got any from season eight. Oh, okay so we're gonna have different lists yeah definitely and i feel like one of my choices is going to be really controversial to you just purely for stuff that we've mentioned in the past so we'll come okay. we'll come to it but i feel like it'll be really interesting i've got two that i think might be on your list okay and neither of them are in series eight so i'm definitely wrong about one of them okay so it'll be interesting to see what i'm wrong about and i'll tell you what they were yeah you do know i used to have a problem with trying to kill people goodness i had no idea for you see i have been on mars for the last decade in a cave with my eyes shut and my fingers in my ears touche cecil okay so my number three is uh and this this might surprise you uh i was surprised this got up into my list but it's um winona ryder as allison from the episode lisa's rival oh i love this yeah it's definitely not on my list and she completely like yeah she just wasn't on my thought process at all because i just completely forgot that she was allison but i love that episode i really like that episode. i love that episode as well yeah. yeah i know we both we did just talk about that series and we both said how much it just like didn't quite make the, the, the cut, top four yeah. for us but it's one that we both really like a lot it's probably like one of one of my favorite lisa episodes yeah but um i really love the character of allison i do too and i it's a bit like ruth powers but we've talked about like i wish that character hung around yeah because it's good to have like a foil for lisa like she could almost be like not Nelson because she's not a bully, but that sort of character where it's like sometimes they're friends and sometimes they're kind of rivals, yeah. kind of how they are in that episode. It's someone to compete against Lisa in the school, so she's not the only smart one. And also like a friend for Lisa, like rather than just Janie. <laughs> <laughs> who's not really a friend anyway, who's like quite yeah, who's mean to her. It. Yeah. Hi, Alison. I'm Lisa Simpson. Oh, it's great to finally meet someone who converses about the normal eight-year-old level. <laughs> 
Actually, I'm seven. I was just skipped ahead because I was getting bored with the first grade. You're younger than me, too? Are you hyperventilating? No. I just like to smell my lunch. Gee, I never met anyone who skipped a grade before. I'm surprised you haven't been skipped. You're obviously smart enough. Well, I'm sure I could have, but I'd hate to leave behind all my wonderful friends. Out of the way, brain queen! <laughs> hey, Sarah! Well, I gotta go. I have to practice for band auditions. Me too. Hey, what instrument do you play? The sax. <laughs> Me too. I'm going for first chair this year. Me too. Wow, with so much in common, I'm sure we'll be the best of friends. Me too. Me too. So it's, I just feel like that that's a character that's missing from the show and you get her for one episode and it's great. She's a, she's in a, ba- she's like a background character quite a lot, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just like Ruth Powers, actually. Like, like they draw she gets her using a crowd lot. Shots. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the thing that I like about her is um, she's really likable in a sense that mm. she's really, really clever and she rivals Lisa, obviously, because of the title. But she's not... Um, she's not vindictive. No, she's not. She she doesn't have a huge ego. She doesn't realise how clever she is or she's not trying to be no. horrible to Lisa or that sort of thing. So she's a really likable character. And that's what kind of makes it worse for Lisa. Yeah. As well, because she it's not even like Lisa can hate her. Because she's mean, no. Because she hasn't got a reason to. It's just like, oh, I've got competition. Yeah. I don't like that. So even Lisa knows that she's kind of being a jerk by being jealous of this new kid. But it's just such a great character, and it's a really good performance, and I really like Winona Ryder anyway. I love Winona Ryder, and the thing is, she actually plays quite a lot. She does a lot of voice acting, and it's mm. not until you sort of like really look out for her that you're like oh it's Winona Ryder and she's mm-hmm. in loads of stuff that you that you don't necessarily always think of um but yeah she, I really like her as a voice actress as well I think I actually really like her voice I like listening yeah. to her voice it's really really funny it's interesting what you say about like um some actors do more voice work than others like yeah. some some guest stars on the simpsons they're not it's kind of a, a novelty because they don't do a lot of voice work and for some people on my list it was like i feel like they would have made the cut more obviously if they didn't do so much yeah. voice work um so someone who almost made my list i don't think they're going to be on your list so i'll, I'll say it anyway um, I love James L. Jones. Oh, yeah. He has one of the greatest voices ever. Agreed. But he's done as much voice work as he has acting. Yeah. So I'm like, does it really count? Because he's kind of a voice actor in his own right. Yeah, I 100% know what you mean. Because, like, I mean, everyone obviously always thinks of Star Wars. But at the same time, mm. there's this other, other whole, uh, sorry, other whole section of fans that know him as... Mufasa from mm-hmm. The Lion King as well. So you've yeah. got all the Star Wars fans and then you've got all of the Lion King fans. But he is just as equally as famous in his own right for both of those. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think to the point where he has... It's almost like his voice overshadows him because I think Definitely. his voice is more famous than him. Definitely. Like, if people could say his roles that he's been in, they're going to say his voice work before his his live action appearances. Yeah. Uh, to the point where if I see him in certain live action, I'm like, oh, it's like a novelty because I'm more yeah. used to hearing his voice. But when he's doing like Serac the Preparer from Treehouse of Horror, yeah. it's so good because he just has the best voice. And when he reads The Raven. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just... Yeah. He's got such a good voice, but it just didn't make my list because I'm like, well, he's kind of a voice actor and I didn't want to use people that were like just just another voice actor, if well, you know what I mean. Well, this actually plays really well into my number three choice, actually. So okay. this, this transition is like perfect. So perfect. my number three is Patrick Stewart as number one mm. in Home of the Great. Because, I actually thought this was going to be your number one. Yeah, no, just purely for the fact that he does a lot of uh, voice acting as well. So, like, Patrick Stewart is, is a prime example of, like, James L. Jones, who mm-hmm. is, like, we've said it before, like, Patrick Stewart's in um, American Dad and things like that. Yep. And I know he's played, like, other voice actors. And his voice is um, just as Very famous. Distinct. Yeah, just yeah. as famous as him as an actor if that makes sense and i mean it might just be like the target audience but i actually if someone said to me name some stuff patrick stewart does i'd probably go more to his voice acting stuff before i even go to things like star trek and um the x-men films and things like that Mm. like for me he's more of a voice i know that sounds really bad but for me he is i would always think of his voice acting before i think of his actual acting. Right. Which is so bizarre because obviously that's not really what he's famous for. Yeah. It just depends on who you ask, really. And I feel like James L. Jones is, is the same sort of example as that. It depends on who you ask. Well, um, so this... Actually, no, we'll leave it. I was going to say I was going to say someone else, but I still haven't decided if they're going to oh, be on okay. my list, so I'll bring them up later. But yeah, so Patrick Stewart, I really did think this would be your number one. I thought number one would be yeah. your number one. Yeah, number one. <laughs> the thing is as well, like for me, this is another example like Winona Ryder situation where I didn't realise that this was Patrick Stewart until like five ten years ago like it didn't hit me straight away who it was and then I think I might have looked it up and I was like oh my god it's Patrick Stewart how did I not know that and it was a bit Mm. of a light bulb moment for me but um it's kind of when you know you can't not know if that makes sense like what Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean this is one of my favorite episodes as we've discussed before so obviously he had to be on my list well, every time we've brought up that episode, and how many times has Patrick Stewart come up on this podcast? It's like, he's going to be on our list somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and like, we spoke about him in uh, the songs one as well, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might as well just like, just do a podcast on Patrick Stewart or Kelsey Grammer, to be honest, because that's all I ever feel like I talk about is them too. <laughs> all stonecutters must take the leap of faith. If you survive this five-story plunge, your character will be proven. (laughs) Happy landings! (laughs) (laughs) I think I have to do it again. My blindfold came off. This ritual is called crossing the desert. And this we call the unblinking eye. Hey, have you ever noticed that the crossing the desert is a lot like the unblinking eye? It's exactly like the wreck of the Hesperus. And now the final ordeal, the paddling of the swollen ass with paddles. And by the sacred parchment, 
I swear that if I reveal the secrets of the stonecutters, may my stomach become bloated and my head be plucked of all but three hairs. Um, I think you should have to take a different oath. Everyone takes the same oath. Welcome to the club number 908. You have joined the sacred order of the stonecutters, who since ancient times have split the rocks of ignorance that obscure the light of knowledge and truth. Now let's all get drunk and play ping pong. Because he's already kind of heavy, you know. But uh, yeah, he, he does have a great voice. And it's such like, we've said it before, but he has such almost like classic Shakespearean voice, yeah. but also very good comic timing and a very good sense of humour. So the balance of those two is just perfect. And I think when people realise that, that's when they he started getting more of these voice work roles, especially comedic ones, because yeah. he really like nails it. His just like his delivery of like certain lines that he has are just hilarious, and it's kind of a similar situation to um, what we spoke about before, like with Mindy. You don't mm. know if she's ad libbing it, if like she's just adding her own like spin to the script, or if it is purely just script, and that's just his delivery of it. Yeah, and I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer is exactly the same. Like you don't know if she's just adding her own flair to it, or if every single line is as it is in the script. It's quite interesting to think about it in that way. There's um, there's one performance of his that gets stuck in my head so much, and it's from American Dad. Actually, <laughs> uh, obviously, he has lots of great lines in that show, but it's when I haven't watched American Dad in ages. But um. I'm forgetting the even the characters' names now. Avery, the, like the main characters. Yeah, but what's what's like the what's Stan's daughter's name? Haley. Haley. It's when he starts dating Haley. Oh, I love the episode. And, Stan, and he's he's like walking around going, "I like little girls. They make me feel so nice." <laughs> I, I I love little girls. They make me feel so good. I love. Little girls, they make me feel so bad. When they're around, they make me feel like I'm the only guy in town. I love little girls. <laughs> and like and Stan has to like control his rage listening to it. And he, it's really <laughs> outrageous and funny. And he like goes downstairs in like her dressing gown, and I can just imagine yeah, like yeah. can you imagine as a father like <laughs> That's coming really down? Funny. <laughs> and he's wearing like a pink he's, like, dressing torn gown. torn between his job and his family, like the only two things he cares about. <laughs> oh, I love Patrick Stewart. I could talk about him until mm. the cows come home. I love his social media as well because he like adopts dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like he always posts pictures of cute little dogs. Oh, I just love him. Mm. So yeah, number one is my number three. <laughs> Very good pick. I knew it would be on that. I'm yeah. surprised. So I'm really interested to know what your number one and two are now. My number two is is the controversial one, so I'm excited to talk about that. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. So my number two is... Number one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my number two is someone that I wasn't sure might be on your list. Uh, maybe not. It's someone that we've spoken about before as well. Um, and this is from quite early on. Um, oh. This is Dustin Hoffman as Mr. Bergstrom. So this is... So it was between um, Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy and Mr. Bergstrom as my plus one. Right. And okay. So I at the like as of recording, it was Mindy. But then when right. you sort of mentioned it as your number four, I then decided to make Mr. Bergstrom my plus one. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's in your list because I really wanted to talk about him. I was going to sort of mention him as an extra if he wasn't on your list. 
Well, I almost considered having him as my plus one. Yeah. Because it's officially on the credits, not Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. It's Sam Etik. <laughs> but everyone knows it's Dustin Hoffman. They reference on the show that it was Dustin Hoffman later on. And um, it's actually really funny because last night I was watching um, Lisa, uh, sorry, the Chin Scratchy movie. And that's when yeah, Lisa's exactly. like, all the celebrities that do cameos. Dustin Hoffman, Michael Jackson. It always makes me laugh. Yeah, it's exactly just the the two voice actors they had that they didn't officially put in the credits. Just basically owning up to it saying, yes, it was them. Okay. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this, we we spoke about Lisa's uh, substitute when when we talked about that series. But his performance, talk about performances that are so genuine and he's actually putting on a performance. Like, this is maybe the most like real acting performance that's maybe ever been in the simpsons yeah. for like a guest star 100 percent. he's really putting the the emotion into it i get really sad when he's um reading charlotte's web and yeah. he's he's saying about the spider and you could hear the tears in his eyes like that always makes me like really he's sad really he's like so bringing good. it all yeah. to, that, to that performance it's amazing nobody of the hundreds of people that had visited the fair knew that a gray spider had played the most important part of all. No one was with her when she died. (laughs) And then when he talks about, uh, like we spoke about it when we spoke about this season, but when he's at the end and he's going on about... um, um about being that's the lie of a substitute teacher like those yeah that yeah need you the most and oh it's i love him i love and that's character. the problem of being middle class yeah. and that stuff. It's, it's it's really emotional it's such a it, when he first comes on onto the episode it's almost like a quite a big character the substitute teacher with the cowboy boots and stuff like that but actually it's a really he's a really understated character 100 percent. and i really think feel like it's the episode where they really got to give lisa a real emotional spotlight and i always love when you get those episodes that give the characters a real like emotional spotlight like yeah. um bark bark gets a few quite good episodes like that as well and yeah it just it almost feels like a follow-up to the one in series one where she's like depressed yeah and this is almost like the follow-up to that it's weird because all the really like Lisa hard hitting like emotional episodes are actually really early on in the season. Mm. I mean, I know that she she has like a lot of spotlight episodes afterwards, but they're not as much of the emotional side of it. I mean, like Lisa no, the vegetarian, no. for instance. Like, you, I mean, I don't know about you, but like she annoys me quite a lot of that episode. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, like I actually really like Lisa. Yeah. At least the vegetarian, it's a little bit like. Um... She's acting like people do in real life, where they they suddenly change something about their lifestyle and then go overboard with it, like overly preachy, until they actually settle in. Yeah, I also think as well that um, it. I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss it when we get there, but like you could tell that that episode is written by meat eaters. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's like there was like one vegetarian on staff yeah. at that time. I think. So yeah, so she's like being written as this like preachy person, and she's not yeah. very likable. But going back to the whole like Mr. Bergstrom thing, like 
I love her the whole way through the episode. And like mm. I said on when we recorded it, that I related a lot to her because being like a young teenage girl and things like that, like I, I got it. Um, but with him, he's like so lovable that you can completely understand why she just completely fell in love with him. Yeah. And I do think a lot of that is to do with the way that Dustin Hoffman acts it out rather than like I, I feel like if they had someone else do it and they didn't bring as much emotion to that character the episode would just be a bit meh it'd be very flat yeah but it's because he brings so much love and you just fall in love with the character because of his delivery of it i think it's amazing that he because he didn't even use his real name on the credits because he wasn't sure about doing some like random like, yeah you know, low rent cartoon show it's amazing that he still like gave his all uh, as a performance for it. Like he really came out of that that heavy. I think that sort of is testament to him as an actor, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. like you say, like he didn't even want to put his name on it. It's like you doing a piece of artwork and it being really, really rubbish, and you're like, oh, don't even want to put my name to that. But then some guy spots it and it's like goes in it <laughs> goes in a in a gallery. That is, it's like that, isn't it? Like. Yeah. It's his form of artwork, isn't it? That Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. as well, like, um if you can do something, if you're skilled at something, there's you don't know how to do it badly. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have a I have a, a manual job and when I see bad work <laughs> uh the equivalent of what I do, so I'm basically a plasterer. When I see bad plaster work, I'm kind of shocked and it's almost like, well I couldn't they obviously aren't very good because I couldn't do it that badly because I know how to do it properly. Yeah. So it would naturally be as, even on an off day, it would still be pretty good. So if you're naturally a good actor, you've got that talent, you've or you've worked towards that talent, I think even on a show which you're considering low rent, you're still going to put in the performance because it's what you know how to do. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like you walking into a house that was built in the 1980s and seeing all the Artex everywhere and just like freaking out. <laughs> I, I mean, I've had to do those jobs before. A lot of people want their Artex ceilings done and they're like, can you buff it out? And I just say, just let me rip it down and put a new ceiling up is what I normally do because <laughs> it's easier for me to do that. <laughs> I wonder if like Americans know what Artex ceilings are. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have them in America? That's what, that's why it feels I'm very on. English, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, American that's why I'm listeners, let us know. Let us know if you even know what Artex is. It's hard to explain. It's like someone got a wet sponge and smeared it all over the wet ceiling as it was being being plastered. And that was very fashionable in like the 1980s. And like my that my... is how they did it, isn't it? Didn't they just put a sponge know. in a carrier bag? I think I... they put a sponge in a carrier bag and then like twisted it around the ceiling. Is <laughs> is that? It's just for me. It just I just brings back memories of like my nan's house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Becca's parents, they're downstairs, has it in their house, and I redid their kitchen ceiling for them a couple of years ago, and they keep saying, like, oh, now the kitchen's done, we really want to do the lounge, and it's such a huge ceiling, and I'm oh. like, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to. The kitchen was more urgent because he fell through it. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was doing the floor in the bathroom upstairs, and then the hole that he'd, he was working in, he oh. walked and fell through, so his legs were poking out the floor, <laughs> the ceiling of the kitchen. That, to me, sounds like a Simpsons sketch with, like, you could just imagine yeah. Homer's legs, like, through the ceiling. So they just put like a bit of wood over the hole oh for like about two years. And then when I came on the scene and they knew 
that's what my job was. They were like, can you do this ceiling for us? <laughs> so. Love that. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I felt so under pressure. <laughs> it's like, oh, if I mess this up, my par- my girlfriend's parents are going to hate me. Yeah, and I also go there all the time, so I have to look at this job all the time. <laughs> I have to make sure I'm happy with it. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah, so Dustin Hoffman, I mean, one of the great all-time uh, one-episode characters, Mr. Bergstrom. I don't know. I know some people like the more, like, uh, joke-heavy episodes and sort of the more serious ones that sort of don't do it from whatever, but I defy anyone to not enjoy Lisa's Substitute. It's such a perfect episode. Yeah, and I think it's definitely up there because I was reading something on Twitter and I think a lot of people agree that when someone says, like, the emotional Simpsons episodes, that's always, always on the list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. You are Lisa Simpson. Cute. If you're through with your pemmican, why don't we sing a song about cowboys? Now, this one's not very accurate, but we can fix it up as we go along, okay? Home, home on the range. Actually, the range was far from home. It was a very desolate place where danger and disease rode tall on the saddle. Where the deer and the antelope play. Unlike the efficient Indians, cowboys used only the tongue of the antelope, and they threw the rest away. Where seldom is heard a discouraging <laughs> word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Hey, what's this? Did you do it? No, no, it wasn't me. I would never do anything like that. It was just one of those immature people who, instead of building themselves oh, up, have to... neat. Can I have it? Yes, but I didn't do it. Are you sure you didn't do it? It's good. No, but I'm starting to wish I had. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the singing dork. Okay, cool. So, you're number two. Right, so how am I going to spin this without making it controversial? Okay, so, my number two is um, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson as Mulder and Scully as... Right, so... <laughs> This is going to break the rules, isn't it? You're going to tell me off. So I, this is the real tricky one. I was wondering if you were going to put this. I know you love that episode. I know you love I love the X-Files and, and Gillian and David and that stuff. But for me, this originally was going to be my plus one. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of a cheat yeah. and it's kind of not. They're basically playing themselves, but they're also playing characters. Exactly. It's very tongue-in-cheek. And that was what my argument was going to be. <laughs> but I knew it would be yeah. a bit controversial because obviously, as you say, it's not David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson playing. Do you know what I mean? It's not. They yeah, are, yeah. They are characters in a different universe. Yes. They're not playing themselves, so it kind of still but they, fits. They, but they kind of are they as well. They kind of are, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's a real sort of, it's a little bit of a cheat one, but yeah, I, I was wondering whether you'd have it on your top four. Yeah. And I've had it, I had it as a standby plus Just one in, in case. case. In case you didn't. Yeah. Um, For those reasons. But yeah, this is, I love it. I love it. I love David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, so this really just makes me laugh how good they are at poking fun at themselves. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I watched The X-Files in the 90s, just, like, odd episodes here and there, but obviously as a child, because I was a child in the 90s, um, Mm. I I didn't get it. I mean, I've always been really into, like, conspiracy theories, which is obviously why I'm a big fan of your other podcast. So if you haven't checked out Bob's other podcast, head over to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable because 
it's a lot of fun guys um, yeah, but, um coming up to six years it's absolutely craziness and the thing is i've been a fan of weird tales basically since almost day one <laughs> <laughs> so like that's i've been holding on for six years guys come on like this is how good it is um so yeah going back to um Gillian and David. So obviously, as I said, so you didn't. So you didn't watch X Files as a kid. I did like odd episodes, you but did, not but chronologically. But then, see, when I was a kid, I really liked it, but it did scare yeah. me. Yeah. So and then I've been wanting to watch X Files properly for a long, 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 long time, and then I started mm. watching it. Mm, when would it have been? Probably around Halloween time, so a lot of October, November right. time, and I'm watch it religiously and i'm still only halfway through season four that's how many yeah, seasons there are it's crazy how many episodes are in a season as it's well it's like 24 and 25 episodes something... per season yeah and f- and they're like 45 Hour minutes long. long it's long yeah so i yeah. watched a lot of the episodes when i was ill with covid and then obviously i'm on maternity leave now and when i'm not watching peppa pig or paw patrol I try and watch X-Files, but it's very, very difficult because if you watch an episode, some can, like, some follow on and some don't. So if... It was really sort of experimental in its time for, like, a lot of shows then, because people didn't have DVDs and stuff, they didn't like being serialised because they're worried that people would lose the plot. So they would have, like sort of six or seven serial the ones that in a series that continued the main storyline and then everything else would be like one and done yeah. adventures. I quite like that and though. And it really split the mm. fan base. I like it. I really like the just Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah. And as it goes on, they're actually the better ones. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Ben um, watches them with me because like you, he's obsessed. He like absolutely loves Gillian Anderson. He actually, pref- oh, right. he actually prefers her now when she's oh, like then when she, she was a, in x fine wine she is yeah and like we will watch an episode in bed and i'm like oh you could watch this episode because it doesn't follow on it's just like a on its own episode um yeah. but yeah so they're a bit hit and miss though they, they can be because it's that era of film of uh tv making where the budgets weren't amazing and yeah you can tell like some episodes they've got more budget than others and uh, there's a couple of episodes that go by like more as it goes on where it's like yeah, they're running out of ideas yeah. now they didn't quite nail that it's weird but, as yeah, well because good. Uh, some episodes that I feel like that are like that so there's two that I've got in my mind and it's really weird because one of them has Jack Black in it where before Jack Black was famous oh yeah yeah and then yeah. another one is um I think it's Ryan Reynolds rather than... I always get him... Oh, I think he is in yeah, one. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is in one. He's definitely in one, yeah. And... There's loads of people that show up in them. It's so weird. It's so, I so love, weird. I love seeing the young... Like, people starting out on TV and it's like... You see them on X-Files. And I'm, like, pausing it. And I'm... Because I watch it on Amazon Prime and if you pause it, the actors come up. Like, whoever's yeah. on the screen at that time, the actors come up. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is Ryan Reynolds. Like, it's, it's just so bizarre. Oh, I actually remember the episode of Ryan Reynolds now. Like, it just hit me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I remember now. But um, yeah. so I actually, going back to The Simpsons, so I obviously knew about X-Files, but I only watched, like, the odd episode here and there. So I was actually a fan more of the episode of The Simpsons before I was The X-Files. And then obviously mm. growing up and being into, like, 
conspiracy theories and aliens and things like that, my sort of interest in the X-Files sort of picked up, picked up, picked up. And Mm. ever since I've been watching the X-Files chronologically now, um, I've watched this episode when I was researching this for this podcast. Right. And I watched it and I was like picking up so many of the like little jokes that I'd never picked up before and I love love it. it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love so much his picture inside oh his, like, God. he's got his little pants on. Agent Smolder Scully, FBI. FBI. <laughs> Hello, can I help you? Agent Smolder and Scully, FBI. <gasps> Is this about that pen that I took from the post office? I, I swear, I didn't know I'd put it in my purse. Then I was going to bring it back, but the dog chewed it up, and that just made things worse. <laughs> Actually, we're here to see your husband about his UFO encounter. <laughs> Come, come in. I love it because they're such like goofballs in real life, them too, and they dick around so much. I can just, it's, it makes me laugh just thinking of them interacting and like being idiots behind the scenes. I love it. And like, I love, um, it's really weird. So I sort of had a bit of a crush on David Duchovny anyway. And then I started watching it and I'm just like falling more and more in love with him. And he, it's really funny because I was reading a couple of things online about it and um, it's actually like the opposite way around. So Scully is actually like really um, into aliens and stuff in real life. So Gillian's like really into aliens Mm. and he's really sceptical. So David's really sceptical. So they've kind of like switched roles and it's really interesting. But um, a, one of the lines that I love in this episode is when Gillian's like, um, sorry, Scully's like, um, oh, there's a shipment of drugs coming into illegal, so blah, 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 blah. And then David goes, I highly don't think that the FBI are <laughs> involved <laughs> oh, in matters yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Look at this, Scully. There's been another unsubstantiated UFO sighting in the heartland of America. We've got to get there right away. Well, gee, Mulder, there's also this report of a shipment of drugs and illegal weapons coming into New Jersey tonight. I hardly think the FBI is concerned with matters like that. Or, like, I like the line as well where um, where she's like, oh, come on, Mulder, let's go. Like, this is really annoying me. And um, it says something about being irritating. And he goes... Oh, is it more irritating than the vial of like fleshy eating viruses? And she was like, "No, this is much more irritating because Grandpa gets like bitten by the by It's been a while since I watched that episode. You need to go I back. really do love that episode. It's one of my favourites. Like, I really wish yeah. that I'd put it on my like top five now. This is the worst assignment we've ever had. Worse than the time we were attacked by the flesh eating virus. <laughs> oh, he bit me with my own teeth. No, this is much more irritating. I've seen enough, Mulder. Let's go. Yeah, okay. But somewhere out there, something is watching us. There are alien forces acting in ways we can't perceive. Are we alone in the universe? Impossible. When you consider the wonders that exist all around us. Voodoo priests of Haiti, the Tibetan numerologists of Appalachia, the unsolved mysteries of unsolved mysteries. The truth is out there. It is fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll be getting to it. A series eight, isn't it? Yeah, so this is another yeah, one so fr- from series another eight. Another series eight, of course it yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. So that also means that my number one's from series eight as well. I think I know who it is. You probably do. I, th- I think I know who it is. They're on my shortlist and I think I know. <laughs> but yeah, great choice. And like I say, they were 
my plus ones, but I've got another plus one that I can fall back on, so don't That's worry good. about that. That's good. So, uh, who are you guys, anyhow? Agent Smulder and Scully, FBI. FBI, huh? Uh, excuse me. All right, they're on to us. Get them back to SeaWorld. So I'm going to run and get myself another beer and then we'll move on to our number ones. Cool. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so we're moving on to our number ones. Have you actually picked your number one? Is it like set in, set in stone? I have, yeah. It's really weird. My number one was very easy to pick. Um, it's someone. It's it's something we've already spoke about on the show. Um, and what I think the reason this made my number one is because it has the trifecta for me of I love the actor. Yeah. I love the character. Yeah. And I love the episode. Yeah. So it's just like. The flawless ticks, combination ticks for me. Ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it is perfect. And it is Sam Neill as Malloy in Home of the Vigilante. Oh, my God. Oh, it's the cat burglar! Please don't kill me! Abe, can I borrow your ointment? Oh, it's you, Malloy. All right. But this time, clean off the applicator. This is brilliant. See... I love him. I love this character, but I don't. I didn't know that he was an actor. I know that sounds yeah, really bad. Like we, we spoke about it on that episode yeah. where you didn't know it was him for so long. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But I love his voice. Like I could listen. He's like another Patrick Stewart. Like I could listen to his voice. Yeah, and he's he's 
putting a very he's almost like doing a voice because it's almost not quite his normal voice because he's an australian dude in real life um he sounds almost like pierce brosnan he's like doing a pierce brosnan style (laughs) voice in this and I always, in my head, I'm always like, oh, yes, yeah, the one with Pierce Brosnan in it. I'm like, it's no, it's not. It's not him, no. It's Sam Neill. Pierce Brosnan's in one of the Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, I love that. When he plays the um, the house, like when they have their house yeah, all done up. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So, yeah, we spoke about this episode already. I'm really not going to have a lot to say here because... We've said it before. He is my number one. Yeah. We've said it before. I love Sam Neill as an actor and as a person. He's great. His social media is great because he just lives such a great life like he's had his big hits he was in jurassic park and stuff and he he has a, like a lot of like films in the 80s and 90s and stuff and then now he doesn't crop up that much but he's it's because he's running like a vineyard in australia oh, and i'm just like that's gold what an awesome life yeah. he just goes outside looks after his grapes he has like pet <laughs> pigs roaming around just looks after his ducks. grapes <laughs> Yeah, like, and he just like posts stupid videos on social media all the time of him talking to his pigs and stuff. Oh my god, I might have to follow him. Is he on in, like Instagram or is it just Twitter? I don't, I, he's on Twitter. I'm not sure about Instagram because I, I don't. I'm not on Instagram very much. No. But he's a great follow on on. I think he is on Instagram. So I think Becca follows him. I'm he's a great look. follow on Twitter because it's just fun. And all his uh, oh my God. animals. His fo- his his name is at two paddocks. Oh my God! Yeah, that's the name of his um. That's the name of his wine, two paddocks vineyards. Oh my God! I'm gonna love this. I'm it's ju- really I'm just, great. Like, I'm just looking at his Twitter now. Oh, it's a. There's just lots of really he, all his um it's like so animals wholesome. have really great names. Yeah, very wholesome. But every now and then something really pisses him off. <laughs> So he's very wholesome, and then every now and then he'll just call someone out for being like an idiot and oh, I really like lay into them. <laughs> if they say like the moon landing was fake or something, oh he my was god, really he's got off. a chicken called Kate Winslet. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. All his animals have weird names; they're all named after celebrities <laughs> who he's met in real life or his friends with in real life. Says, "Okay, Kate Winslet update. I know you were worried, but honestly, Kate Winslet and her seven chicks are doing great. <laughs> what a mother!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a great follow oh. uh, he was making some really fun videos last year during lockdown like basically making homemade short films with friends who are also actors so there was one of him, him and hugo weaving where they were both filming themselves in the bath talking to each other so it looked like they're in the bath together oh my god i feel like he's gonna be my new obsession yeah it's a good one i love it i love him even more now so he's great. Like I love him as an actor. I love him as a person. I love Malloy as a character, and I love the episode Home of the Vigilante. So it's just like it's got everything for me. Yeah. Oh, that, and, uh, definitely worthy number one. Then definitely. Yes. I mean, so that's why he's my number one. I felt one. like I didn't have the connection to him as an actor because because um I didn't. I, I'm not a huge. It's not because. I don't like it. It's just I've never really sat and watched them properly, but all the Jurassic Park films, like, I've not really... I love the first one. Yeah. And I think the rest aren't very good. Yeah, I feel like we we spoke about that on the episode, but... um... Yeah. I think I love the first one because I love everyone in it. I love uh, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern. Yeah. So those three together is just gold for me. Yeah. It's good. But um, I feel like I, I, I'm i going to appreciate my lawyer a lot more now because I know this little fact about him and his Twitter is like absolute gold. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm doing my service. Everyone go and give Sam Neill a follow on social media. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? 
And then he finds out that we've like mentioned him, <laughs> and he then becomes a fan of the show. I like the idea of him walking through his vineyard listening to the podcast. Can you imagine? <laughs> Just shout out to like Helen, Helena Bonham Carter and Kate Winslet <laughs> while we're there. Well, it looks like we have our first caller, and I mean ever because this is not a call-in show. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, Kent. Hello, Homer. My arch nemesis. Yellow. Uh. You do realize who this is? Uh, Marge? No, Homer, I'm not your wife. Although, I do enjoy her pearls. As a matter of fact, I'm holding them right now. Listen. Why, you monster! And you have my daughter's saxophone, too! That's our stage manager! (laughs) Sorry. But like, I feel like your relationship with him is how I feel about Patrick Stewart. Like, ticks all yeah, the boxes. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. When it comes to these things, sometimes it's just like, oh, I really like this person, so I just like hearing them on The Simpsons. Yeah. And sometimes people's picks are going to come down to that. And do you know what really frustrates me? It's like I know that we bash a lot of like the newer seasons, and I'm really, really sorry to people out there that love them because I know that they do have. Um, a fan base like i know that there are mm. fans that's, that love them just as from much from what i've heard the current series is like a way like a massive step up in quality i've oh, seen really? a lot of people on twitter and stuff saying series 32 has actually been pretty solid so far oh that's that's a good shout so um yeah. but what i was just about to say is so like there's a couple of people who um so Obviously, like, I know you don't know anything about it, but, like, I've mentioned it before, the whole, like, Lady Gaga thing. Like, I'm a huge fan of hers, but her Mm. episode is absolutely awful. And then, like, um, another example is, like, I'm really into, um, like, RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm a massive fan of RuPaul. He did an episode, Mm. or she did an episode as RuPaul, like, as the drag queen. Mm. And um, the episode's awful. And, like, I... Um, I know you don't really watch a lot of TV, but I follow um, Riverdale, which is a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. And like the three... Oh, yeah, act- we spoke about Riverdale before. Yeah, the three actresses that are in that were in season 31, I think. And right. I didn't... I, I go out of my way to watch episodes that I know that people that I really like are in. And mm-hmm. I just... Every time I do it, I'm just really disappointed. So I don't get mm. the same feeling from these newer episodes with people that I love in them there's as I do of back in sort of season one to ten one to eleven yeah. whatever um but I don't know it's, it's just how we feel isn't it about the later seasons but I, I am trying I am giving them a go I am trying to give it the benefit of the doubt but I say it every time um obviously this podcast we're going to run up to series 11 and when we hit it i'm like yeah i'm going to carry on watching from series 11 i do it every time i I always (laughs) say i'm going to carry on watching them but maybe i will this time i think what i'll do is when we wrap up the pod i'm going to jump ahead to where i got to last time which was like i think i was sort of beginning season i was in the middle of season 13 i might jump back into that the way i feel is is it's kind of like how can i claim to be this like massive Simpson fan and like the biggest fan you'll ever meet in your life and then but haven't seen half of the seasons that, is, that I mean? is fan base yeah I just... whatever fan base you're in you hate something half of the stuff in it yeah like the worst fan base in the world is Star Wars every Star Wars fan oh, yeah, hates something true. to do with Star Wars yeah. and it's just like uh, this is true I feel like I'm the only Star Wars fan who just likes all of it <laughs> <laughs> no I know what you mean I, I kind of yeah 
every everyone has their own fan base outside of something else. And some Simpsons fans just love all of it. They 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 love they tune into the new episodes and they've enjoyed the whole thing and great. But uh, nostalgia plays a massive role for me. Yeah, I'm the same. I think for a lot of people of our generation is we grew up with it. And then uh, around the time where people say it dipped in quality, Series 11, Series 12, whenever people had different opinions of when that was. For some people, they say it went bad in Series 9. And I still think there's loads of great episodes in Series 9. Yeah, I love Series 9. Everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone's different. So I think what it is is, though, for me, at that age, I was becoming interested in other things. Girls. I was like a teenager, <laughs> and I was interested in going out and talking to girls and hanging out with my friends and being an idiot. Yeah. So I didn't have time to watch The Simpsons. So when I started watching The Simpsons again, when I got older, all I wanted to watch was the ones I knew. Yeah. So everything after that is like hasn't got the nostalgia factor. Even if it's a good episode, it hasn't got the extra nostalgia. I always feel like, as well, like Ben takes the piss out of me for saying that i never watch anything that's like earlier um sorry later than like 2000 because <laughs> like, yeah, hey, i don't watch much x-files frasier the simpsons <laughs> like literally everything yeah. i watch <laughs> is from the 1990s <laughs> and he's like emma yeah. like you, you're not gonna like this this is like after 2000 you're not gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's give out in 2003 it's way after your time <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny because in like 99 i was eight so it's like these programs I didn't actually enjoy that much because I wasn't that old. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Weird. Yeah, old souls. Definitely. Okay, so my number one. I'm really interested to know. Oh, yeah, if I forgot you're... was it your number one. <laughs> I'm really interested to know if this is who you've who you've um predicted. But my I think I know who it's gonna be. My number one is Johnny Cash as the Space Coyote from yeah. uh, the, the Spanish episode, which is actually The Mysterious Voyage of Homer. <laughs> which yes, is, I'll, I'll accept The Mysterious Voyage of Homer. I, I can't speak Spanish, so I can't even, I wouldn't even be able to read it to you. <laughs> but um, this is another season eight one, but this is uh, mm-hmm. episode nine. So yeah, he is my number one celebrity cameo. So I we've spoke about on the show before that you're a big Johnny Cash fan. Yeah. So that when you said there was another one from Series 8, that's when I twigged. Yeah, I, like, I remember her saying, that Johnny Cash, Yeah, Series 8, has to be that. And it was on my shortlist. But there's a reason he didn't make my shortlist. So tell me why he's your number one, though. Because it's just... Oh, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, I think it is a lot to do with the episode. It's a very random episode, but an episode that I really, really like. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just his voice and how sort of soulful he is. And he actually did this when he was quite old and mm-hmm. he was just chilling and, you know, <laughs> he wasn't at the height of his career or anything like that. But he's got such a distinct voice that he just... He's not an actor. That's the thing that you need to think. No. He's not an actor. So these people who we've discussed... Well, it's a surprising person to have in this role. I think that's what makes it so good. He's so random, it's yeah. the last person you're expecting to be voicing this bizarre character in this bizarre episode. But I think that that's what makes it golden. I think that's... Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so special. And because he isn't an actor, there's a lot of like just natural heart to the performance. It's yeah, definitely. It's unmistakably Johnny Cash. And that's the thing, like, and I've I've said it before when we've discussed Johnny Cash before. Like, as a child, as a as a young adult, I was never really into Johnny Cash. So to me, it was just the voice of the Space Coyote. Yeah. Whereas 
now I'm a Johnny Cash fan, I like swoon and like fan go over it because it's Johnny Cash, not because of the episode, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And me and Ben always say it to to each other, it's like, find your soulmate, but like we do it in like a Johnny Cash voice. <laughs> Find your soulmate. Find your soulmate. But um It's a hard voice to do. Yeah. I think I pull it off quite well. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was better than I could do, so I'm not gonna attempt. But yeah, I just I just love Johnny Cash. I could just yeah. I don't really have much to say. I just it's the same sort of situation as you and Sam Neil. Like I love yeah. Johnny Cash. I love the episode. Even though it is a bit of a a random one and I do think that there are going to be people out there that aren't going to like it because it is a bit of a random episode it's a very bizarre episode and I feel like it's definitely one that is either it's like a love or hate episode yeah and I also feel like it's one of those things it's like oh, I don't know how to put it You, I think you just said it really like you either love it or you hate it and I just think that the more I watch it, the more I love it, I think, as well. Yeah. It's, it's not an episode when I was growing up that I had any affiliation to. Like, I don't... I never no. saw it when I was growing up. It was never on telly. And I had the Simpsons Guide, like the book, that yeah. had about every episode. And every time I'd look at that page, I'd be like, what is this weird episode and why <laughs> have I never seen it? And it, when I finally saw it, I was like, it is even weirder than it looked in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was such a weird episode. It was like a weird experience for me as a kid to finally see this mythical episode. The only connection that I have back in the day was, I remember, I don't even know what year it was, but I had a, a Simpsons calendar. And one mm-hmm. of the pictures on the calendar was when he's having the trip and like all the characters are like really like mm-hmm. trippy. And that was like the picture of one of the months in my calendar. And I, I did the same sort of thing as you, like... This is such a weird episode. I don't even know what episode this is from. Even the bits that aren't part of his trip are sort of like, it's weird. Like, it's written weirdly. It is a very... It's animated very fluidly. It's almost like the animation of the episode is almost too good for The Simpsons that it doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's very fluid and and trippy. And it, it reminds me a lot. Like, I definitely think, like, we have said it before in the past, but we haven't really gone into too much detail. So I apologize if I offend anyone, but... There's um, an episode of Family Guy that's where um, Brian does magic mushrooms and he goes on this massive like trip, and it's mm-hmm. definitely like paralleled and definitely like plagiarized from that episode because there's a lot of parallels to it. But um, right. it's just so brilliant and like I didn't when I did finally watch it or like the odd time that I did watch it, I'd never really understood it because obviously like the paraphernalia and the like drug culture and that kind of thing mm-hmm. being a child. Um, but now like the parodies of him eating the chili and just going on this massive like spiritual journey. And I think that's partly one of the reasons why I like it is because I'm, I feel like I'm quite a spiritual person and I like the whole like spirit animal and spirit guide type thing and like Mm. the native american culture like i love all that kind of thing um so i feel like that's partly the reason why i like this episode and just johnny cash is just the icing on the cake for me he is the perfect voice for a spirit guide yeah as i said like (laughs) i don't think he because he's not an actor and everyone else that we've mentioned is an actor by trade yeah as you say, it gives it so much depth and so much more heart to it. It can either work in 
the character's favour or not when you yeah. hire someone who's not an actor to do a cameo. Sometimes it's sort of like, that's the fun. It's just, you know, a lot of time when they get musicians on The Simpsons, it's like, it's not a great performance, but it's no. fun here in the minute. And and a lot of the time as well, they are only in it for like a minute. Yeah, they have like one line or something. Yeah, or, whereas yeah. Johnny Cash is obviously like quite a big part of this. So he, he had quite a lot of lines in this rather mm. than just like one gag. Yeah. But, um, and it wasn't like necessarily. It's not necessarily like a funny character. It looks crazy, but it's very like soulful, like you said. Yeah, and I just love the sort of like imagery of the space coyote as well. Like, yeah, he looks so cool. Like a cute, like such little... such a weird out there design for the Simpsons. Cute little fox. Well, he looks like yeah. a fox versus a coyote, but. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so the, the clue was in the name. <laughs> Space Fox. <laughs> but yeah, so um as you quite rightly predicted, Johnny Cash as Space Coyote is my number one. Yeah, and I'll actually look forward to talking about that episode a little bit more when we get to series eight, because yeah. I'll be interested to see where that lands on our lists, if at all, and what our opinions are of it in the grand scheme of that series. Yeah, exactly. As I was just about to say, like as I said, three of my top five are season eight episodes and we're Mm. discussing season seven next so we're not going to quite like mention it just yet but i really hope that we have a lot to talk about and we haven't covered it all in this podcast yeah and we can still talk a little bit yeah stuff that i haven't said yet and i definitely think as well like it just because his performance is my number one celebrity doesn't necessarily mean that this episode will be in my list just purely because of how good the other episodes are in this season Mm-hmm. It's definitely like ranking the character versus ranking the episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little bit of like some of mine were like weighing up. It's like, am I picking this because I like the actor or because I like the character or because I like the episode or what? And yeah. Yeah. You are on a quest for knowledge. Who said that? Fear not, Homer. I am your spirit guide. Are you? There is a lesson you must learn. If it's about laying off the insanity peppers, I'm way ahead of you. No, I speak of a deeper wisdom. The problem, Homer, is that the mind is always chattering away with a thousand thoughts at once. Yeah, that's me, all right. Clarity is the path to inner peace. But what should I do? Should I meditate? Should I get rid of all my possessions? Are you kidding? (laughs) If anything, you should get more possessions. You don't even have a computer. You know, I have been meaning to take a spiritual journey, and I would... would, Hey! Knock it off! Sorry. (laughs) I am a coyote. Look, just give me some inner peace or I'll mop the floor with you. Good. Your mind is in a state of readiness, so listen well. To make yourself complete, you must find your soulmate. Soulmate? Your kindred spirit, the one with whom you share an unspoken bond, a profound mystical understanding. That's it? Well, that's Marge, big deal. Great spiritual quest, Wolfie. My soulmate is Marge. Is it? Hey, wait, come back! Well, 
I don't really have a one more to talk about now because obviously we mentioned Mindy and we mentioned Mr. Bergstrom and they were both like... And they were your one more. Both of them, yeah, were in competition. So I'm more than happy for you to just like go full steam ahead with yours. If you have to pick one as your one more, which one would it be and why? Oh, it was, it was Mindy. Mr. Bergstrom was going to be someone that if you hadn't put it in your list, I was going to kind mm-hmm. of mention afterwards. So... um Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy was my plus one. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, because you mentioned it, I was then going to me- mention Mr. Bergstrom, but then you mentioned it as well. So, yeah. So my plus one, and this goes back to what I said very early in the episode, where sometimes I didn't want to pick someone because it was almost just like it didn't feel as special to have certain people doing a voice when they're so known for doing voices anyway. mm so that's why James L. Jones didn't make my list because I'm like, I associate his voice anyway. And so my plus one is someone who is an actor um, and was in many films back in the day. But also I associate him more as a voice actor, even though probably less than half his stuff is voice acting, especially when it comes to The Simpsons. So my plus one is Albert Brooks oh. as multiple characters that are Everything. all amazing in The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. So he was Jack. He was Hank Scorpio. Uh, he was uh, RV Bob, <laughs> the salesman in series one. Uh, Brad Goodman in Bart's in a Child. And then like more in yeah. episodes I haven't even seen yet. Whenever he shows up in an episode, even if it's a weaker one like Bart's in a Child, it's still so fun to hear him do these different characters. You haven't mentioned him in the Simpsons movie. Well, we have, but that's not series one to ten. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. I actually, I always forget that he is in that as well because I've only <laughs> seen that all the way through once yeah. at the cinema. Yeah. I've never watched it again. Absolute craziness. But um, mm. yeah, the thing is, with Albert Brooks, I apart from him being in Finding Nemo, which I watched because... Mm, oh, yeah, I forget he's in that as well. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I, I think a lot of people just associate him with, like, he's a voice actor because he yeah. doesn't do that much live-action stuff anymore. I don't... I couldn't even tell you anything that he does live-action. Like, I couldn't even name anything. Um... So one I watched fairly recently was a film called Defending Your Life, which was so weird. Um, It was like... Is it weird seeing him, like... In real life, and then you're like... No, because I've seen a few films. I like <laughs> He's in Drive, and I like that film a lot as well. But Defending Your Life is really from like his young, golden era, and it's the only one that I know very well from that era. And it's like you die, and it's like he's in purgatory, or kind of. He's in like this space in between. And basically, you have to go into a room every day and re-watch your life. Oh, that's with, weird. It's like a courtroom where they judge whether you had a good life or a bad life, depending on where you go in the afterlife so they're, you're, they're sort of arguing with you like well how did you react here why did you do that at that time do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing I would definitely be going to hell <laughs> yeah it's him and Meryl Streep it's a really odd forgotten film but that's the one I know from his younger years and I don't think it's a very famous film at all what's it called? Defending Your Life Ooh, I might have to have a look for that <laughs> it's an odd film <laughs> yeah but it sounds like my cup of tea like I like weird stuff like that I didn't dislike it yeah, I like the I like what I call magic films, <laughs> where they don't make enough of them anymore. Also, Meryl, did you say Meryl Streep? Yeah, it's him and Meryl Streep. She um she she didn't make our list. No, no, she was. I was so she was on my first list. Didn't make it to my short list of ten. 
But um, yeah, so Albert Brooks, like we spoke about how great his characters are on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, And I was almost like, part of me just wanted to put him as number one on my list just because of how good the characters he's done are. But I'm like... Yeah. He's he's not he's so like a voice actor to a lot of people that it feels like a cheat to put him in the so that's why he's my number one. My plus one, sorry. Yeah. I I always feel like the characters that he plays in The Simpsons, like if we just purely judge his voice acting just on the Simpsons characters that he does, they're all so different. Yeah, is, they're so different. Which it's is, amazing. Which is testament to him, obviously, as a voice actor, that he can he's not just like typecast, like he can do other characters differently which is really good because he is like a a comedian and and a comedy actor they really just let him ad-lib yeah a lot of the time when he goes into those i think we mentioned that when we were talking about the av not av rv yeah that uh, bob the rv guy yeah may i help you we're just browsing thank you i'd like to see your finest rv do you have something that's better than the land behemoth yes we do that would be the ultimate behemoth where is it we are Standing in its presence. Behold! (laughs) Didn't she look at this thing? Can you men build this? It's a vehicle. Does it have its own satellite dish, sir? You can tell your son it has its own satellite. The Vanstar 1 launched last February. Just for this thing. That's all. Oh, man. I'm not sure that we can afford... Does it have a deep fryer? It has four of them. One for each part of the chicken. I don't think we're going to afford this, Homer. Let's worry about that later. Come on, let's take a tour of it. Want to? Come on. Because a lot of the time, from what I, I've heard about with when it, when it comes to like episodes where he's been on, they just let him and Dan Castaneta go at it. Like They let those two <laughs> in the booth together, just... and they're, just like, they're both really good at um, improv, so they just let them go, and then have they a have conversation to sort of animate around and, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the scene in the diner with uh, Marge and, and Jack, they let them two, uh, Julie Kavner and him, go just sort of go off with each other. And it's really... I always think it comes across so natural and fun. Yeah. I am giving her a bowling lesson. Thank you. Now, Marge, uh, the pins on the 3710 split would be here. Hmm. Uh, we'll make this little piece of food the ball. Your ball's bigger, you know that. Mm-hmm. But for food, this is a good ball. Uh, well, bye-bye. See you in church on Sunday, Marge. Goodbye, Helen. Goodbye, Helen. You have a lovely friend there. Mm-hmm. Let's hope something runs over her. <laughs> Your laughter is like music to me. But if you laugh at what I say next, I will die. For I am about to say something very serious. Perhaps shocking. Marge, my darling, I want you to meet with me again. That doesn't shock me. Away from prying eyes, away from the Helens of the world. At my apartment, the Fiesta Terrace. I love him. That's all I've got to say, really. Mm. But I do, like, associate him more now with um, Marlin in Finding Nemo just purely because I watch (laughs) Finding Nemo at least once a day because my son is is obsessed with Finding Nemo at the moment. Yeah. But um, he's brilliant. He's, He's so good. I really can't decide whether or not I prefer Jacques or Hank Scorpio. Like, I really can't. Uh, If I had to pick one of his roles, I would go Scorpio. Yeah, I think he just, like, touches just the... Yeah, definitely. But Jacques is definitely one of my favourite one-off characters that are only appearing once. Definitely. Uh, Hi, Omar. What can I do for you? Sir, I need to know where I can get some business hammocks. Hammocks? My goodness, what an idea. Why didn't I think of that? Hammocks! 
Homer, there's four places. There's the hammock hut. That's on third. Uh-huh. There's hammocks or us. Got that's it. on third, too. You got put your butt there. Mm-hmm. That's on third. Yeah. Swing low, sweet chariot. Right. Okay. Matter of fact, they're all in the same complex. It's the hammock complex down on third. Oh, the hammock district. That's right. Ready for the link up, Mr. Scorpio. Uh, Homer, one second. I got to take care of this. Very important. Be right back. Fine. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is Scorpio. I have the doomsday device. You have 72 hours to deliver the gold, or you face the consequences. And to prove I'm not bluffing, watch this. Oh, my God. The 59th Street Bridge. Maybe it just collapsed on its own. We can't take that chance. You always say that. I want to take a chance. Collapsed on its own. You sh... You have 72 hours. See you. Back to the hammocks, my friend. Yes. You know there's a little place called Mary Ann's Hammocks. The nice thing about that place is Mary Ann gets in the hammock with you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. You know who invented the hammock, Homer? No. That's something for you to do. Find that out. Love yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I've, I looked up and he did, he has been in like three more episodes that I haven't seen, so I'd be interested to see what other characters he plays. Well, in later seasons. Point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up, I think. Um, I've actually got my list here. Hang on a second. So, who am I looking? Albert Brooks. I'm going to have a look now myself. So, Cowboy Bob was the RV guy. Um, oh, my God. So, defending your life is like the first thing that comes up if you type him in. Oh, weird. Yeah. It's such an obscure film. Especially because, like, Finding Nemo's there as well. Jack, Brad Goodman, Hank Scorpio... Uh, he also plays Jack again in season 16, The Heartbroke Kid. Oh, I haven't seen that. And a character called Tab Spangler in the same episode. No, I don't know who that is. Oh, so they kind um, of do They kind of do a little... He's kind of like... Um, what's his name? Yeah, he's like Phil Hartman, who he kind of like... He's so good at doing voice acting that he plays like, oh, if we're going to get Phil Hartman, we might as well get him to yeah, do like... Yeah, I would actually... I would love it if they had Brooks as regular as they had Phil Hartman yeah, in the early years and they made brilliant. some of his characters recurring. Uh, Russ Cargo asked for the movie, obviously. I think he did some later on as well. My list here I've got here is only series 1 to 20. But... Love that. Yeah. What made you yell out that remark? Mm. You just wanted to express yourself. Yes? I do what I feel like. That's marvelous. I, I couldn't have put it better myself. I do what I feel like. People, this young man here is the inner child I've been talking about. What? So were there any that almost made your list? Well, I was actually going to... Because my list was so solid, it was very mm. much... Yep, that's on my list that I don't even need to consider other people. So I'm actually really interested to know if um, what your list was to see, oh, I really wish I put that instead kind of situation. So ones that were close, uh, I mentioned James L. Jones quite a lot. Yeah. And my favourite, and he's done like four or five different roles yeah. on, the, on the show. But my favourite's probably Sarah the Preparer, just because of how like... <laughs> all over the place his voice goes with that one um it's a really crazy performance yeah well why were you trying to make us eat all the time make you eat we merely provided a sumptuous banquet and frankly you people made pigs of yourselves i slaved in the kitchen for days for you people and well if you wanted to make serac the preparer cry mission accomplished you aren't the only beings who, who have emotions you know so 
James Earl Jones would have been close. And actually, in looking at that, I read, which I never knew, that originally they wanted James Earl Jones to be the voice of Sideshow Bob. No. He was their first pick. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. That's like a whole... So different. That's like a whole new dimension to, like, (laughs) that character. I mean, I can see where they're going with it, definitely. It's somewhat a very distinct voice, but it's just so different. I can't imagine it. I actually retweeted the other day. So it was Kelsey Grammer's birthday a couple of days ago, and someone had put something on Twitter about him. I think he he did an interview with Graham Norton in the UK, and... Mm -hmm. um, he explained where his voice of Sideshow Bob came from. Um, right. And that's really interesting. So for anyone that's interested to know where Kelsey Grammer gets the voice from, check out my Twitter page. It's on there. Kelsey, talking of singing, how did the singing lead to Sideshow Bob in Simpsons? Ah, uh, well, Sam Simon, who created uh, The Simpsons, was one of the writers on Cheers years ago. And as I do, as is my wont, I would walk onto the set sometimes and I would usually sing, Oh, the good life, kind of in my best Tony Bennett kind of uh, derivative. And uh, he called me one afternoon and said, Hey, do you still sing, Kels? You know, could you sing a Cole Porter song uh, every time we say goodbye? I said, yeah, of course I could. Yeah, I love that song. And he said, Well, we've got this character who's never actually said anything on the show. Uh, he's uh, Krusty the Clown's. Sideshow, we call him Sideshow Bob, and we want him to speak finally. And we thought, you should do it. Can you sing this Cole Porter song? I said, I can certainly do that. And then I read the script, and it was actually really funny and wonderful. But he was, he was very um, cultured. And I borrowed, at that time, it, it, it seemed like the opportunity. I had logged away a voice years ago when I worked for a man named Ellis Rabb, who um, had started a theater company in New York City, had great success, and... Um, when I was working for him, I was painting his bathroom and, you know, hanging wallpaper and stuff like that. I wasn't really a successful actor at the time. But uh, <laughs> Ellis would regale me with stories when he'd come home from work always, and he would say things like this. He'd say, Oh, Kelsey, <laughs> that baby should have been mine. <laughs> uh, this guy. I'm going to use him someday. <laughs> and... Uh, when I read the script for Sideshow Bob, I said, this is Ellis Rabb. And it went immediately into, oh, Bart. <laughs> I just despise you. <laughs> but yeah, he, it's really interesting that James Old Jones was also in the running for that as well. Because mm. that's, just, that's just craziness. But I understand where the parallels come from. They've both got very, like similar not similar voices but they've both got very distinct as you say so actually between us we've covered most of my shortlist because oh. my shortlist was michelle pfeiffer david hyde pierce Gillian and david johnny cash no way albert brooks winona Ryder, sam neill dustin hoffman james l jones which we just talked about the other one that i was considering was danny devito oh, herb. Uh, as her pal that's a good one yeah so he was very close for me um i love danny devito yeah i do too and he's a really good choice to voice homer's brother yeah what am i gonna say this is the guy who ruined me but on the other hand he's family so many conflicting emotions. How to express them? Herb? <coughs> it's, it's so weird to think that Homer has a brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they just forgot it. I Yeah, it's weird. It feels like a character that should have come back more. 
I'll tell you, actually, just thinking about that, who um, who I probably would have, like, special mentioned, who probably would have been quite high up on my list, Glenn Close as Homer's mum. Yeah, yeah. I think she's brilliant. I love the character of Homer's mum. I think it's very, very weird how... I mean, it's not late, considering there's, like, 32 seasons, but late introducing her in terms of, like, season yeah. 1 to 10. Because, like... They waited quite a long time to delve into that backstory, and they, and they really don't mention his mum that no, much. No, exactly. I mean, I think she's she's in a couple of, sort of, like, like clips, but it's, like, mm. not, not how they drew her, not how she sounds or anything like that. But she's mentioned a couple of times, but... um. But yeah, like it's very, very, very bizarre. But I love Glenn Close and I think she's a really good choice. Oh, Glenn Close is great. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah. So she, yeah, she probably would have been quite up in my list. Mm. Just trying to think if there's anyone else. Really. Another one that I considered for my one more, but it's such a cop out, was going to be Elizabeth Taylor for her role oh. of Maggie. Yeah, but Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor's also in Krusty Gets Cancelled. Yeah, but she's playing herself in oh, that, so yeah, it doesn't count. Oh, yeah, of course she is, yeah. <laughs> so to play yeah. another character, it's one word. I hope you never say a word. Daddy. It doesn't even sound like Elizabeth Taylor either. No. So it feels like it's like a, almost a bit of a wink, that one. Yeah. I almost considered doing that as my one more. Yeah, I love that. So they were my ones that were really close. I mean, my first list is so long. I was actually wondering if you were going to have Christina Ricci on your oh, list because yes. I know you're a fan of her. I love, yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I actually watched the episode the other day, actually, mm-hmm. um, and did think to myself, yeah, she she definitely would have been... I think she would have been higher than Glenn Close as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love her. I love the character. I love the episode. I know it's one of your favourite episodes as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you're not allowed it. No, I'm not. Yeah, I know. Because I know. it's not mine. That, I think that was why I watched it, actually, because I was thinking, oh, I'm not allowed to mention this because it's obviously Bob's mm. on Bob's list. Um, yeah, you're not allowed that or Bart on the Road. No, which actually, Bart on the Road is actually like really, really, really high up on my list. I haven't quite got to that point. I'm I'm in the middle of my series no, seven rewatch at the moment. I haven't written them. I haven't written the list myself because I'm the no. same sort of situation as you. Like I'm just I'm rewatching about 15 them. episodes in, so I've got 10 more to watch. But that definitely would have been, if I was allowed it, would have been like maybe like one, two or three, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's some actors and people that I really love who have been in it and they've played good characters, but they're not like stand out enough. Like I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, but MacArthur Parker is a fun character, but not good and not enough to make no. my, my list. And uh, same for Willem Dafoe. I love Willem Dafoe. Which bit does he play? I can't even remember him in it. Um, his character isn't even named. He's just called the Commandant. And he's the guy oh, when... Um, yeah, I know. You know when Lisa joins military school? Yeah. He's the guy who's in, in charge there. So Yeah. Which I never knew was Willem Dafoe until maybe no. like last, the year before last, I think, I yeah. noticed that. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I, almost, I almost put Mark Hamill on my list again <laughs> <laughs> for his role as, um, Cause you in the same, done that, in the cause same he's, episode. Because he's playing Luke Skywalker. Well, he also in that same episode, he plays like the drill sergeant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to use that to put him back on the list. Drill sergeant. Uh, he's actually named like Lavelle. Oh. <laughs> His name of the character on, the, on Wikipedia when I looked up. That's funny. As a bodyguard, your only loyalty is to your protectee, not to your family, not to your country. 
Not to Muhammad. You've been doing Ramadan? Shut your sasshole, boy. These melons represent your protectees. Throughout this course, you will protect your personal melon as if it was paying your salary. What? Okay, listen up. My goal is to assassinate that watermelon. Your job is to take the bullet. Go! <gasps> go, go, go! Pow! No! Well, your dive wasn't bad, but I just didn't believe you. No! I mean, you gotta sell it. Remember, your no is what gets you your next job. Now drop and give me 20. No! Better. You ladies are without a doubt the most sorrowful clique at the dance. Not one of you fit to guard a Russian rock band. However, your checks are cleared, so you all graduate. Congratulations. And now, in honor of your achievement, here is the theme song from the hit motion picture, The Bodyguard. And I, I, I will always love you. Yeah, so there's, but they've had so, like so many, any, so many great people on on The Simpsons. Thing is, like going back to Meryl Streep, like obviously she plays Jessica Lovejoy, but I hate the character, mm. but I love Meryl Streep and I love her delivery of it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like. It's like in that series, like we said before, I just prefer Lisa's rival yep. over Bart's girlfriend. Yep, 100%. just like they're both similar. It's about one of them with a new kid that they become involved with. Yeah. Voiced by a celebrity. And I just prefer Lisa's rival. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh. So, yeah, let's uh, just go back over our list quickly yeah. then. So, my number four was Michelle Pfeiffer as Mindy Simmons from The Last Temptation of Homer. My number three, my number three sorry, was Winona Ryder as Allison from the episode Lisa's Rival. Yeah. My number two was Dustin Hoffman as Mr. Bergstrom from the episode Lisa's Substitute. And my number one was Sam Neill as Malloy from the episode Home of the Vigilante. And my plus one was Albert Brooks as multiple characters in multiple episodes. But let's highlight Hank Scorpio in You Only Move Twice. Oh, such a good list. Um, so my number four is David Hyde Pierce as Cecil from Brother from Another Series. My number three is Patrick Stewart as number one from Homer the Great. My number two is David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson as Mulder and Scully from The Simpsons Files. The Springfield Files. Sorry, sorry. yeah, I've got it written as The Springfield Files as well. <laughs> I don't know why I said The Simpsons Files because I've actually got it written. Um, that was a very natural slip of the tongue. Yeah, I know. Um, my number one is Johnny Cash as the Space Coyote from The Mysterious Voyage of Homer. Can we have the real title to that, please? No, because I don't speak <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I wouldn't even be able to read it. Um, and my plus one, Mindy. So, Michelle Pfeiffer got two appearances on those lists. Yeah. But other than that, very different lists to each other. Yeah, which I'm is really nice. glad that, yeah, that it was very mm. different. But it was very, also very interesting to know that basically the other ones that I picked were still on your shortlist. Yeah, so high up. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So, yeah. So, lots and lots of good ones. This is actually, I was saying to you before, this is the hardest list for me to make so far out of all the ones we've done. And I thought it would be an easy one, but actually when I sat down with it, I really found it hard to pick. Well, saying that, like, I had my list that was solid from last time that we did the celebrities. I switched it up a little bit, but not a lot. But 
you sort of saying all these other characters, I'm a bit like, oh, really sort of questioning myself a bit now. But mm. no, definitely both of our lists were very, very solid. And I think that the listeners will hopefully agree um, with the majority of them. But obviously, if if anyone has any strong opinions or other things that they feel strongly about, then please let us know. Yeah, any underrated performances or ones that you think we should have mentioned or maybe we forgot. Mm. Uh, let us know so you can contact us directly at four and one more pod at gmail.com or you can contact via the website which is four and one more.com uh you can also talk to me directly on twitter i'm there as at bob shoy that's at b-o-b-s-h-o-y and emma's also on twitter emma where are you i'm on twitter as at emma rowena which is at e-m-m-a-r-o-e-n-a and you also run the Instagram page for the podcast. I mean, I get this wrong every week, but it's... I trust you. Eventually you'll get this. four underscore and underscore one underscore more. Yes. Woo! You got it. I mean, if you just search four and one more, I think yeah. we just come up. It's the one with the Simpsons logo on it, um, the podcast logo. And uh, you post memes and pictures and just screen grabs from The Simpsons on there. Yeah, just basically how I'm feeling <laughs> at that moment. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a mood board in Simpsons screens for Emma's life. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, it's like, um, obviously when we have a new episode up, I tend to post pictures of what we talk about on that episode. Um, but for the rest of the time, I'm like, oh, I like that. I'll I'll post that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, every now and then on my Twitter, I will also post a Simpsons screen. Yeah. But when I do it, it's because I've paused on a weird moment oh, in The yeah. Simpsons. So I posted one last night. <laughs> did you see the one I posted last night? I don't think I did. I'm going to have a look now. I posted a really weird one. Um, oh, it was just Grandpa. and Because I watch it on Disney Plus with the um, subtitles so I can make notes easier. And I just paused it when oh I got to get God. a cup of tea. Grover Cleveland spanked me. <laughs> that's the sc- that's the screen I hit pause on. It's such a weird image. So I seem to have a real knack for hitting pause on the weirdest lines or weirdest stills, and I post that on my Twitter sometimes. I love that. so that's always fun. I always like <laughs> I follow a lot of um, other Simpsons Twitter pages, and I've got a couple of like meme pages on Facebook and things like that. And if I mm. see one that I really like, I'm like, I'm reposting that. Yeah. I'm going to snake that one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other places you can find us. If you like this show and want to check out other things I work on, including Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, as Emma mentioned earlier on the show, uh, you can go to my website, which is bobshoy.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y.com. And that has all the shows I work on. You can also contact me through there as well. Um, and you can also support my time editing and researching for this as well as those other podcasts at patreon.com slash bobshoy and I think that's everything yeah so until next week pardon my galoshes Uh, yeah until next week pardon Emma's galoshes (laughs) well it's not next week it's the week (laughs) after (laughs) oh yeah well you know until next episode we're talking about series 7 a fantastic series yeah I'm excited for series 7 so we'll see you then thanks for listening ciao bye bye au revoir Scorpio, he'll sting you with his dreams of power and wealth. Beware of Scorpio, his twisted twin obsessions are his plot to rule the world and his employees' health. He'll welcome you into his lair like the nobleman welcomes his guest with 
There's no trick to it. It's just a simple trick. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.